All right, gentlemen. So now we've had Cowboys versus Aliens, mm-hmm. Cowboys versus Cannibals. Okay. What are you looking to put Cowboys against? That's simple. The 49ers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going all the way, baby, this year. I don't know. No, we, they is, just so. did that three weeks ago, and uh, they I did have not no go idea. all the way. I don't follow football at all. Yeah, what do we got? Another citizen who isn't ready for some football. <laughs> They're out of the playoffs. They are out of the cowboys playoffs. Have so gone cowboys home. as in Western Cowboys. As in Western okay, Cowboys, okay. yes. Uh, as in the Cowboys in this film or Cowboys versus Aliens. <laughs> what, what are the what are the big ones, right? You got ninjas. Ninjas, you yeah. You got pirates. Samurais. Clowns. Clowns. Cowboys versus clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was the game last week. Am I right, fellas? No. Oh. I don't know anything about football. I'm just Send joking. those clowns home. <laughs> I just feel like you might not be ready for some football. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go clowns. Uh, how do you beat that? <laughs> Did, I, you know what? Honestly, I think we've had this conversation before in a previous episode. And Mark, I think you said killer clowns from outer space versus cowboys in the West before. We've done so many of these. Who can tell? Who can tell? <laughs> but when have we talked about cowboys before? This is our it's first cowboy up. film. No, we've had other cowboy stuff. Let's go to the logs. <laughs> yes. Let's well, find out. To, uh, we need an archivist listener, someone out there who's just like keeping tabs of every little piece of trivia that we own. Yeah, that'd that be own. great. I guess we own it. We, we create. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, to, to, to stay typecast, I guess I'd go Cowboys versus Demons. Demons. Yeah. yeah. All right. That'd be. All right. You see like, uh, you know, like uh, what's his name from Legend? Yeah. That, that, that level of demon. I you mean, Tim Curry? Tim Curry. Okay. Yes. With a cowboy hat on. Billy there. Zane. No, that's Billy Zane from Demon Knight, bro. Oh, no, right. but, no, the Cowboys <laughs> aren't the demons. They're versus the Whoa. demons. Whoa. But I want to see one in a cowboy hat. I mean, I'm sure that's good. That would obviously happen. What if the cowboys are the demons and the angels come down and have to fight the cowboys? Well, Angels versus Demons is a uh, book and movie by the great author Dan Brown. Starring Tom Hanks? Yeah. America's uh, icon. Yes. America's America's Geppetto. sweetheart, you mean. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I liked that live action Pinocchio. I don't care what he says. Garbage. Anyway. Uh, so I'm going cowboys versus demons. <laughs> they would definitely be wearing cowboy hats because they'd like kill a demon or a demon in the beginning would kill a cowboy yeah, yeah, and then yeah. try it on. Well, we got to have some possession too, right? We're going to yeah. have some possessed cowboys. Of course. Ooh, flaming cowboy yeah. hats. Mm. Demonic cowboys. Love it. Okay. These are good. <laughs> All right. Hollywood. I say it every episode. Get at us. Right. <laughs> we get a comments like, this is Hollywood and we're ignoring you every episode <laughs> yeah, on purpose. That's okay. Uh, listen, I'm nothing if not tenacious. Garrett, do you have any ideas for oh, cowboys? Man, cowboys versus insert here. Um, Incels? No. God, no. <laughs> um, you know what? I think uh, cowboys versus. You I know got what? it for you, man. Cryptos. Cryptozoological monsters. I want Mothman, Cowboy versus Mothman. I want Cowboy versus Bigfoot. I want them all to team up like a fucking like League of Extraordinary messed up mythological demons. Okay. And uh, I tell you what, I, I know you so well, Garrett. I was like, I'll pick for you, Garrett. I was going to say Cowboys versus Giant Ants, like the 50s. Very cryptological. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the right word. No. Cryptozoological. Cryptozoological. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Would Bigfoot be there? Yeah, of course. Okay. I just said that. Yeah, he did. You did. Okay. Yeah, I did. He'd be the leader. What about Abominable Snowman? Uh, they're in the, well, AKA guess, Yeti. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a bit of a trek. No, he'll come in at the end. He's the Hulk. He comes in like, they're like, like, oh my God, we may not be able to stop these cowboys. They've got guns. They've got repeaters. They've got the mini guns that were just brand new at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, how are we going to do this? And the Yeti's like, I got this. He comes in. And they're like, oh my God, Tommy, you're back. You know? And, we got uh, a Yeti. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm telling you. Chupacabras on his back. Oh, the chupacabra. Oh. He's the wild yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. He's the one you got to watch out for. He's like, like dynamite. And they're like, damn it, man. Put that down. <laughs> Driving the Yeti by the ears. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, w- I would want something stupid like that. That sounds fun. I would watch all these movies. Agreed. I'd watch every movie we come up with. So yeah. get at us. We're so Unless good at it's this. two hours long. We would not watch our own movie if it was two hours long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'd send it back to the editing room. <laughs> yeah, cut that shit. But speaking of terrible ideas, we watched a movie today, guys. As we normally do. Mm-hmm. Bone Tomahawk. Oh, wait, what? That one everybody's I have, I have a question. Was this a listener request? By multiple people. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yes, it's been requested many times. Wait, y'all watch Bone Tomahawk? Would you watch Monkey Bone? I watched the yes. No, I watched a show called Bones. It was exhausting <laughs> to get it all done in one night, but <laughs> not to be confused with Winter's Bone. No, there's a lot of bone products out there. So many bones. Now, listeners, <laughs> let's take a second here and, and discuss the Bone Tomahawk saga that has led up to this moment. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It's just the fact that it was just so requested, and it was like I do not understand why this is the movie that had been requested so much. So we hope you're happy. We hope you enjoy this episode. But going forward, never recommend a movie to us again. None of you. Not a single listener. If if you see a movie, keep it to yourself is basically what I'm saying. And it's not because of Bone Tomahawk. That's just in general. At this point, we're going to switch the script and basically just start loathing our audience. Yeah, we're going to recommend movies to you. Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's what we're going to do. Just kidding. all you creatures from cyberspace thanks for joining us on another episode of the grave talk podcast my name is mark you can join with garrett and john like garrett said at the opening we're doing bone tomahawk today fellas uh, how you doing we're that's okay the next line that's it yes thank you i was off script <laughs> how dare you freestyle how are you guys doing today uh, uh look at john good okay he's garrett. the stage directions we're in trouble <laughs> i'm ron burgundy <laughs> Um, pretty good. I actually watched a good amount of horror. Um, went back and watched a few more of those cabinet curiosities. Still mm. just fucking slaps hard. Mm. Uh, went and saw the Cronenberg film, uh, infinity pool. Now to be specific, that's David, David's, David's David son. Cronenberg. Yes. The, son. <laughs> I almost said the, the fucked up one, but I mean, could apply to both. I think we're gonna do a mini episode on it. So that should be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, no, that was actually, I, I recommend it. I'm not a big Cronenberg fan, but man, that was a, a pretty wild film. But you know, it's two different people, right? I know. The thing is, though, is <laughs> there's a lot of similarities between David and, um, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. So yeah. he just hates family Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear your Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, infinity pool directed by Brandon. Brandon. Cronenberg. Yes. Okay. So that's worth checking out and you'll tell yeah. us more about it in a mini coming soon. Yeah, sure. All right. right. All right. Yeah. Speaking of the <laughs> cabinet of curiosities, uh-huh. I watched the <laughs> I episode, redid my kitchen. No. The one that was directed by the guy by that did Mandy. Oh. I thought it was good. Uh. I enjoyed it. It was very stylized. Yeah. Good. A lot of colors, good, a lot of lights. Compared to some of the other ones, it wasn't the best. Yeah. It had Eric Andre in it. That yes. was fun. It was yeah. a lot of uh, style, not yeah. so much substance. It had RoboCop in it. Mm-hmm. Peter Weller. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is that his name? Peter Weller? Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's all great, but what were they doing in it? I don't know. Yeah. Snorting space cocaine. Yeah, man. hell yeah. Space cocaine. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. If we all had the opportunity to space cocaine, would I you mean, risk yeah. it? 
Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You only live once. once, right? right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they said it was the purest You know cut. it's not getting cut with fentanyl because right. it's coming straight from space. Yeah. Uh, I played the new Dead Space. Mm. I bought the new Dead Space. Well, it's not a new Dead Space. It's a remade, remade. Dead Space. It's remade. Yeah, and they you, remade it very well. Did it get to the asteroid shooting? Not yet. Okay. Let me know how that is. Then maybe I'll buy it. I think they replaced that part. With hopefully something less painful. Yes. I okay. think they played a whole new mini game. I so you enjoyed that, that section. It, it was, was annoying. So annoying. It was annoying, but I enjoyed it. Guys, that game's really good. Yeah. You should check it out. If you were on the fence about the remake, they did a fantastic job with it. I'm glad they brought back the voice of all the cast that played them first. Eric he, Andre? No. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> <Pedro> Isaac, Pascal? <laughs> Isaac talks a lot in this one. Uh, oh, boy. The first one, he was a silent protagonist, but he did talk in, in He in talked part a two. little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then in three, so. he just wouldn't shut up, so. <laughs> I, honestly, I just don't need incessant chatter. I can do that myself if I need that game. Like, I don't need this game to just basically babble. It's not overboard, but okay. I'm happy to announce they brought back the amazing patented stomp, the dead space stomp nice. that you do in that game. So now you can stomp and he just goes... Like, why are you okay. I love right. it. Okay. Anyway, very good game. Uh, John, anything you wanted to mention before we get going on this? Sure. I watched Sick. Uh, it's on the cock. Uh, um, see Not our to be th- confused with serial insane killer clown. No, this movie is just is regular sick. Okay. Uh, see our news pile if you need to know what the cock is. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want that to be an inside joke. <laughs> look, that is John, the peacock. Look, John, I'm pretty sure our listeners are familiar with the cock. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah, so the Peacock <laughs> Streaming Network is actually pretty good. Uh, it's not like it doesn't break any new ground. To be honest, it is just a competently made slasher film, and I have gone on record saying sometimes that's all that I need, and uh, and I would recommend this one. It's just a good slasher film, nothing too crazy. Uh, the it's very gory. Uh, I mean, it, now is this the one that's set in like an Airbnb during the pandemic? Yes. Okay. So it was like weird to see the pandemic already be in film, considering you know it like still is going on, and two thousand wasn't that long ago, but. They did it fine, and it's not like over. It was a period piece. Yes, <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, history. Um, they even got the, the the right costumes for 2000 wow. to 2020. So no, but it was done pretty well, and it did all tie together uh, at the end. You know, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm gonna stop talking now. But I would recommend it. <laughs> I'll say that. All right. Streaming on your cock. I mean, the peacock. peacock. We are so getting demonetized. We don't have any money to begin with. (laughs) We're going to have to pay somebody. Yeah. All right. Bone Tomahawk from 2015. This one was written and directed by S. Craig Zoller. He also screen uh, screenwriting for Puppet Master Littlest Reich. You guys may remember we did that one before. Oh. We did. The best Puppet Master movie ever made. Yeah, we liked made. that one. Yeah. Now, this one uh, was released by the movie studio Cinestate. We originally had planned to do this episode a couple years ago, but then ditched the idea because of the controversy that was surrounding the studio. Oh, who? What? Well, we didn't ditch. We just kind of didn't really want to fucking get into it at the time, but yeah. Right. So Cinestate was a Dallas-based movie studio. One of their producers got hit with some sexual assault charges and something mm. like that. So we were just like, Some eh. trash behavior. Yeah. Uh, Cinestate has since been shuttered. They're not making movies anymore, but they did do movies like VFW, Satanic Panic, Puppet Master, Little Strike, and it's probably why we didn't get that sequel, Garrett. I'm aware. Uh, I'm very aware. Some fucking dingleberry couldn't fucking handle himself, so now I'm out of a badass puppet movie with Tom Lennon. Satanic Panic, that was uh, like a, that was recent, right? Yeah, it was, recently? Uh, 2019? 
18? Yes, 2019. With the 2019. pizza delivery? Yes. Yeah, that was a good one, was too. Good one, right? Yeah, They bummer. had some rad flicks, man. But Bone Tomahawk was their first film. Okay. For, that Cinestate put out. But we're here. You guys wouldn't shut up about it, so we're going to do it. Hell yeah, we are. And listeners, I hate to tell you this, but this is not a horror movie. Oh, this is the least horror movie movie that of we've done. Of all the shit I get for saying horror movies aren't horror movies, I expect it to be a massive backlash from the fans on Mark. <laughs> the, the sheer bullshit I put up with for years doing this mm-hmm. podcast. I'm like, that's not really a horror movie. No, this one is legitimately not yeah, a horror movie. It's a, it's a Western movie with a bunch of violent scenes. Yes, Even no, Kurt agree. Russell said it's not a horror. <laughs> like he, he, People involved with it said it's not. Yeah, it doesn't meet like any of the tropes or it's not filmed like a horror movie. It's not. I mean, it's, yeah, it's got a, a scary bit in the last 20 minutes. Violent bit, not even scary. It's just yeah. a movie with violence. Um, I guess you could kind of angle it that way to say that the tribe of they call them troglodytes throughout the entire film. Yeah. They're kind of very unknown, right? They're mysterious. Yes. And they don't do a lot to really flesh out exactly what this tribe is about. I guess if you take it from the unknown element, could be horrific. And what they're doing is definitely horrific. Yeah. But again, this is just a straight Western to me. Let me fix this movie with one word that will make this a horror film. And you don't even have to go high budget with it. You don't have to go like, like really in depth with it. Just a few minor things in this script werewolves make these Mm -hmm. tribes werewolves basically have one of them walk in like kind of like covered in fur maybe have them like howling and going nuts when it becomes nighttime outside basically just do like little things that basically like oh are these werewolves bam you got a horror film right there done and done cowboys versus werewolves yeah i've been dope that's my movie yeah fuck it i take back my answer (laughs) cowboys versus werewolves they could have had a couple of more scenes of the troglodytes attacking the town, right? They killed that one guy. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. I like the fact that they were barely in the, the civilization aspect of it, and they really kind of had to go on their footing, their, their territory to kind of yeah. handle this. But, but I'm trying to think, where could they put in more horror elements? Because like this movie's two hours and 12 minutes, and about two hours of it are them walking and or riding a horse. So there's not a lot of time they could have shoved in horror. Which is very elements. Western. And yes. honestly, I don't mind that. I, I, lo- I love a good Western, but... I got it. Okay. You add more people to the party, and then every time they stop oh. at night, one of them gets picked off by a werewolf. Yes, love it. I was going to refer to them as werewolves in the, <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Again, I'm, I watched this I wrote down werewolves multiple times in my notes because I was like, man, you could just make this a rad... And you don't have to go deep into it. You don't have to show a full transformation, you know... American Werewolf from London just basically show like a wolf like come into the like you know the the pit they're being held in and look at them and kind of stare them up and down the way they same do when they the, the way they, they do when they're in human form like man you could just instantly make these guys werewolves. I think the problem is in 2015 Native American werewolves that whole market was cornered by Twilight and you're damn right it was <laughs> team Jacob all the way baby yeah. oh same here big Jacob fan <laughs> yeah we're officially Team Jacob in the yes. Grave Talk podcast. Except the problem with Jacob, <laughs> he does imprint on a child at the very end. So. From the beginning, it was Nessie who wanted me there. Nessie? You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? We don't air our werewolf laundry. <laughs> so this one, uh, like I said, was written and directed by S. Craig Zoller. He was actually a novelist before he did this. Oh, really? Um, yeah. He was friends with the guy from that ran Cinestate, and he's like, hey, why don't you adapt one of your novels? And he's like, well, that story is going to be way too big and high cost, and the production would be uh, astronomical, so let me write a different type of Western. And he did and made this one. Yeah. Um, Great Western film, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like, like, what's a good Western? I would put this in my top, like, 10 for sure. Yeah, solid, really good movie. Um, the cast 
You want to talk about the cast? Holy shit. Yeah. We got Kurt Russell as Sheriff Hunt. Boom, baby. Big Russell fan over here. Huge. Our our podcast is pro Russell. Yeah, big pro Russell. Yeah. Patrick Wilson, the dude from uh, Conjuring. Yes. Boom, baby. Yeah. We got Matthew Fox's Bruder, the dude from Lost. I had no idea that dude was from Lost. Yeah. Couldn't tell, but he did a great job. Yeah. (laughs) You couldn't tell. He looks exactly the same. He just has a mustache. (laughs) That's all it takes, man. I'm easily tricked. (laughs) Richard Jenkins is Chicory. Love this guy. Dude, he's so rad. Cabin in the Woods. Yes. He was great there. I love him in everything he's ever been Tremendous character actor. Dad from Step Brothers, I think. Yes. Correct. We got David Arquette. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back when Briefly. we weren't seeing a lot of them in yep. the 2015s. And yeah. Sid Haig. Sid Haig. It's good to see old Sid back on screen again. Was this one of Sid's last movies, this and Three from Hell? This was 2015. Oh, okay. No, so he, I think he three, been... three from Hell was a few years later. Yeah. It was a few years yeah. later. I just didn't know if he did anything between there. And sure. I do want to give a shout out to Fred Melamed as Clarence. He was the bartender. I like that guy. Okay. He's who, a was very... the, um, who was the, the, the Native American in town? The professor. Yeah, that dude was like Did a great I, job. I saw him. I, I saw him. And I was like, oh, I know him from other stuff, but I could not remember what it was. But again, I, this cast is stacked, man. Murderers Row is just incredible. Everyone, Murderers Row. Wow, I haven't yeah. heard that in a long time. That's uh-huh. actually nice, nice reference for us old souls. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> this one actually had a really high Rotten Tomato score, which I was kind of taken aback by the first time I saw it. I was like, whoa, that it is does. way higher than I thought it would be. Ninety-one percent with the critics, seventy-four percent with the audience. It's out of 10,000 plus with the audience. I'm wondering if it's so low with the audience. That's not low, but I'm wondering if there's such a huge discrepancy because people thought this was going to be more of a horror movie than the 0% that it was. They played it out in the the trailers, man. It was like, oh, such horror on film. And I was like, okay. And it's like, yo, no. Mm. I mean, we had what? Human Centipede at the time, which was already pretty much shocking stuff. We had Hostel. We, Saw And again, hostile. these things were not super like graphic, but like, you know, the way things were built up at the time, they made, they made this movie sound like it was like the most gruesome thing you've ever seen. There's one very gruesome scene and it is, I mean, it's disgusting, but I don't think it's any worse than what was going on. There's a couple point, gruesome scenes like in this in movie. Man, there's some rough scenes in this movie. Um, where would you put this in Kurt Russell's uh, pantheon of cowboy movies? Oh. Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wyatt Earp. This one, it's Tombstone. Two, yeah, I was like, he, it's he called wasn't Tombstone. In Tombstone. No, oh yes, yeah, he, he was. was. He was Wyatt yeah. Earp in yes. Tombstone. That's yes, what it's called. I get those confused because Wyatt Earp was, was Kevin Costner, wasn't right? It? And those yeah. came out like the same yeah. year. I hate it when Hollywood does that. <laughs> we're so looking Tombstone. at you. We're looking at you, Master and Commander yeah. in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Tombstone is so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, Tombstone's Great number film. one. Like Tombstone is is awesome. Uh, was he in the Quick and the Dead? No, that was um uh uh um. Damn it. That was somebody else. That's okay. it was not quick and dead. Uh, so yeah, I'd say tombstone, maybe this and then hateful eight. I mean, like you could really swap them. There's like, I'd say this and then hateful eight, mostly because I, I thought there was just some incredibly gorgeous shots in this film of like the landscape. And I like Westerns because I do like to see that Western landscape as well. And hateful eight is just like stuck in a cabin, the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Good movie, but yes. Yes, it is a good movie, but... Now, where do you put Tango and Cash mixed in? <laughs> oh, Tango right at the top. Straight to the top. Well, if we're just throwing movies in. Where does Stargate go? Oh, I mean... <laughs> at the very bottom. Right. <laughs> uh, no, right to the top. The Stargate was fun. Anything but... with Egypt, ancient Egypt, number one. Oh, God, you love that ancient Egypt love stuff. Love it. Give me that. It, that movie's such trash, but... It's Did my you watch trash. Stargate Zero or whatever the hell that show. SG One. SG One. Actually, that was really it. good, dude. SG One yeah. was really actually really good. SG One. Atlantis. Uh, Atlantis was so. so. Anyway, there's another not, one. Too. This is not sci-fi talk, but I didn't know we had a couple closeted Stargate fans here. 
Did my I Love Stargate shirt not give it away? I think I just blurred it out in my vision. <laughs> Look, I hang out with a lot of nerds, all right? Yeah. I was exposed to this stuff. Yeah, I all go right. to Stargate-a-thon every year. Do you know what that show didn't have? Kurt Russell. You're right, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. Couldn't not. afford the Kurt. All right, well, here's what the Blu-ray has to say about Bone Tomahawk. When a group of cannibal savages kidnaps settlers from the small town of Bright Hope, an unlikely team of gunslingers, an unlikely team, there was the saddest posse I'd ever seen assembled. Yeah. They weren't really, they were a team in the way that teams are in the beginning of sports Ensemble, movies. Ensemble, if you yeah. will. I don't even, wouldn't even call them gunslingers. Group of people. Led by Sheriff Franklin Hunt, sets out to bring them home. But their enemy is even more ruthless than anyone could have imagined putting their mission and survival itself in serious jeopardy. Kurt Russell leads this all-star cast, including Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, and Richard Jenkins in this gritty, brutal adventure. Adventure, not horror. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unspeakable adventure. Oh, <laughs> love it. That takes your expectations and twists them, says ain'titcool.com. Oh, remember, ain't it cool? Nope. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, so, one, I don't want to hear shit about spoiling everything when the first two words of this uh, back of the box here is cannibal savages. But the thing is, this movie makes no bones about telling about bone tomahawks. Oh. It makes no bones tomahawks about telling you at the very beginning of this movie that it's cannibal you don't tribe. know they eat them. You, they no, kill Sid Haig, but no, they the, eat them. The professor comes in and was like, oh, there are a bunch of cannibal savages who basically like eat their own mothers and kill children. I could be hyperbole. Legit, you unlikely. don't know. This dude does not hyperbolize. You don't think? Is hyperbolize even a word? I like it. it We're rolling it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. That's fair. He was very straight to the point. Again, there's no reveal in this movie. There's no shocker other than like the bone tracheotomy whistle, Ugh. which we'll get to. Yeah. As but gross. like, you know, like that's really the only thing that was like, ooh. Well, okay, there's something else that's shocking Well, yes, the, end, but the yeah. scene of, of this movie, but anyway. Yeah. I do want to just mention that the director said that The Revenant was the worst movie he'd seen in five years. Do you really? That one? The Revenant? Which one's With that? Leo DiCaprio the where he fights the bear? Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> yeah. All right, dude, calm down. He said there was no character development. He's like, why would you even care what this guy's going through? Dude, it's a man versus nature film. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've got a hot take on The Revenant. The Revenant was a beautiful film. I yeah. enjoyed my time with the Revenant, but he is absolutely right. Other until you get to the end with the shit with Tom Hardy and with Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah Tom mm-hmm. Hardy and Leo, like where Leo finally gets back. Other than that, there's no fucking character development. There's no arc. There's nothing other than him just trying to get back. And then basically like being like, Oh, I've got to address this. Well, it's a survival situation. It is. it is. Again, I enjoy my time with this movie, but he has a point. There's very little character development in that film. But yeah, I mean, yes, but also it's not the kind of film. Look, the guy should not be throwing maybe, stones maybe, at the rabbit. All right. Maybe it was advertised as a horror flick to him. And oh, yes. <laughs> instead, it was a Western. It was advertised to me as a bear rape movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's like what everyone knows about that movie. It gets fucked by a bear. <laughs> yeah. It does not get fucked by a bear, it you does, guys. It doesn't happen. Spoiler for The Revenant, but yeah, there's no bear rape. <laughs> you sound so disappointed. <laughs> Jeez. Well, speaking of movies that do not involve bear rape, <laughs> what did you guys think of Bone Tomahawk? Uh, I'm going to give it two big-ass thumbs up. Really liked it. Not a horror movie, but I also love Westerns. Uh, Western Talk, that's my other podcast. Y'all don't know about it, but <laughs> no, I love Westerns, and this one is a great Western film. I think we've hammered that, uh, but it's not a horror film, so I wasn't at any point really 
scared. Would you like to let us know if you think it's a horror film? Yeah, it's not. Okay. Let me tell you, not a... Is it a Western? Oh, great. Okay. Great <laughs> Western. If Ladies take, and gentlemen, the Western horror bit. Yeah. Uh, dude, I really like all the characters. I mean, obviously, look who was playing them. They were all so likable, and their banter felt really real, and it's actually a pretty humorous movie at parts. You know, they had very funny lines. Uh, I would have loved, uh, you know, monologue narration from the horse's perspective. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just liked hanging out with these people and seeing them go through this experience. So You make it sound so upbeat. <laughs> I would love to be there when the man no, gets no, no. split by fun. the groin and a bunch of fun guts dudes. pour out. Uh, I would stop at the valley. Once they got to the valley, I'm turning around. All right, I've seen you this far. I would not have set off on this trail with this group of people. Like I said, I don't think they're gunslingers. There's two aged gentlemen and then one with a busted leg and then a fancy lad. Well, all right. I think <laughs> Fox, uh, no, Matthew Fox is the actor. Uh, Bruder. Bruder. I mean, he's a gunslinger, right? Comes out, he killed over 100 Indians. I thought he, Sorry, was, I thought he was lying. When he first starts bragging, I was like, yo, this dude's never killed anybody in his life. And then like... Later in the movie, it's like, bam, bam, bam. Like, dude, this yeah. dude is fucking on top of his shit. True. Dude, okay. So we've got one gunslinger. And yeah. Kurt Russell's character, the sheriff, he's aging, admittedly, but he knows how to. I mean, he shot that he, guy in the leg. Real quick. No problem. Really easy. Yeah. Also, real quick, the gunplay in this movie, like the the uh, the gun etiquette, I guess, you know, like usage and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. really well thought out. Like when Kurt Russell and uh, Bruder are having that moment where they're like about to shoot each yes. other. Yes. And like they're holding their guns to a little bit to the side so they're not actually pointed at the other person's face while they're having that like discussion. Like all the gun usage was very like, like thought out. Like that's how you would really like kind of like do that shit. It Agreed. was like, oh, wow. A nice, nice attention to detail, which you don't normally get in like action flicks and Westerns and stuff like that. But that was pretty cool to see. I concur. And then the other two, yeah, I mean, they were just sort of dead weight, but you know, the guy's I going to save his wife. Chicory, so. Was that his name? Yes. Yeah. He was hilarious. The, the deputy assistant, deputy Dewey. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I shouldn't say because literally David Arquette's in this movie. Yeah. That's um, world champion. David Arquette, by the way, <laughs> world champion. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Uh, I welcome back to wrestling. Talk yes. Well, I got to throw one out there for the fans. I, I thought Chicory was my favorite character. He was in the, in the opinion of the backup host, uh, Chicory is <laughs> a great character. I have a whole section of notes where we basically, Basically, we talk about baths because that dude knew what the fuck was up, man. Yeah. Just chilling in a hot bath forever. That's the life. Yeah. Woo. Really couldn't figure out how to read in the bathtub. No, though. it didn't seem that hard, but he couldn't get I it. I just put my iPad up on the little like shelf yeah. and read comics. Well, what you need is like a maestro stand. Speaking of which, if you guys are not reading the house and powers versus X X-Men run right now by Jonathan Hickman, get your shit together and check that out. It is rad. And if you're not taking baths. Make do sure it. you do. Yeah, shower first. Oh, I'm also, shower, Chip, Z- and then... Chip Zdarsky's uh, Daredevil run. Can we talk about comics? Yeah. Mm. If I can talk about wrestling, you can talk about comics. Okay, cool. Mark, you can talk about Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll no. do this by myself. Three different podcasts <laughs> at the same time. No, this movie was really, really good. And I know that's going to come to a shock for a lot of people who like have heard me rail against it. The thing is, is it's just not a very entertaining movie. Because what? the way it was built up to me, like oh. it was built up as this like crazy, incredibly graphic, gory, you know, horror movie. And I was like, okay. And then when I saw it, I was like, just underwhelmed. I was like, okay, there's some intense scenes here, but this is nothing like groundbreaking. So you can tell this movie had a low budget. 
But think about all the scenes, right? It's a lot of walking and talking. Yes, a lot of well-paid actors, though. Yeah, unless they took like scale or something like that. They make good use of their budget because they kept they shot in a lot of wides, so you got all these beautiful scenes. Like I'm thinking, very sad, but eventually Bruder has to shoot his horse, and you see this scene where he's in the distance, and the other three are kind of silhouetted, and it's just a very pretty foreground in the foreground, like with uh, illuminated by fire. By uh, it's very pretty scene for very sad. The the cinematography in this movie is really good which again is one of the things i love the most about western films is just the the wide sprawling Same. cinematography the the just the capturing and the feel of you know the the american west and just that kind of you know like that whole aspect this movie definitely does a great job of capturing that even when they're in the small little valleys and they're walking those little like creek beds and stuff like that a real sense of claustrophobia when um patrick wilson mm-hmm. when arthur's character is like camping out in that little creek bed and stuff towards the end like you know like i was like wow this is a tight close knit area. Like this is not going to be good for him. And this is a really good job of like showing the space, the ability to move in that environment, but also making you feel like you didn't have a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. The one thing it did feel like a set was the cages. I was like, this is like a video game set. They got the cages across (laughs) from each other, the fire in the middle. Like, so principal photography was done at the Paramount studio ranch. Okay. And it was done on a budget of $1.8 million. That's it? That's it. The whole movie? The whole movie. Holy crap. How much did it take in? I, I want to say at least, what, 50? No, I don't think it aired in a lot of places. It was in a limited release. Oh. It says here the box office was only $475,000. What? Yeah. Damn, that's unfortunate. This movie also came right on the heels of Hateful Eight. Yeah. Because like you could tell Kurt Russell didn't have time to shave before he, <laughs> he left that movie and went to work on this. <laughs> Mark, did you think it was a good Western and or a horror movie? I thought it was great. I would definitely recommend this one myself. The tone of the movie is perfect. The atmosphere that they, they the managed. The tone of the movie. Okay, okay. I, I, it took you know me a second I mean? to kind of like get what you were saying there, but yeah, I got gotcha. you. They, they nailed the Western in 2015, and I don't think we do many of these. They accomplished what they set out to do. Yeah. The problem is the marketing really made you think it was something else. When did I even see the trailer for this thing before it was out? I didn't. I know I did, and I was like, wow, this looks bizarre. Okay, here's a question mm-hmm. I have for you. Did you expect the bone tomahawk to be an actual bone tomahawk? And was it the bone you thought it would be? Uh, I mean, I know it's going to be a shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. I thought I, it was going to be a shoulder blade, like attached to like a clavicle or something like that. Yeah. I assumed the title was meaningless. So I did really piece. I was, so you were surprised when the bone tomahawk made its appearance. I was. It's so sharp. Is, can bone be that sharp? Yeah, you can, you can say, I mean, the problem is it splinters, but if you like do it right, you can get it pretty sharp. I mean, they were cutting off fingers and toes and limbs. No problem. Mm-hmm. As someone who's cut their hand open on a cow skull. Yeah, that shit can be sharp. Hmm. The bone tomahawk is a jaw bone, right? Yeah. A like sharpened a, a jaw bone. or like bison jaw yeah. bone. Yeah. Very cool weapon. Indeed, very awesome. Let's uh-huh. just, okay, we, we've established we like this movie. Yes. We established it's a great Western. We mm-hmm. established that it may or may not be a horror film, depending on a person's perspective. It's not, though. All right, calm down, John. <laughs> I'm opening it up to the audience. Yeah, All I'm right. going to tell them what to think. All though. right, John, <laughs> let me open it up to the audience. Um, just so you guys know out there, you're wrong, according to John. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> let's get into the plot, because this movie just starts off. Like, it goes hard out the gate. We just cut, like, what's the opening scene? Is like someone getting their throat slashed open by David Arquette. Yeah, and it pans out, and we see that the, this uh, Sid Haig character, I forget his name of his character, but... I don't know if they even ever say it. Buddy. Buddy. Oh. Buddy that, Tremaine. That's the buddy. Uh, they'd murdered all these people in their sleep. Yeah, and they're like robbing a whole them. group of people. Thieves and cowards. Exactly. So Sid is kind of like the uh, guy who's showing David the ropes. Yeah. Right? The mentor. He's like, you didn't cut him deep enough. He had a lot of blood, an unusual amount. That's the same as every other. 
there are 16 major veins in the neck and you have to cut through them all. There ain't 16. My uncle had an acquaintance with a man who used to be a doctor and that's what he said. Now you get on with the task. David Arquette's character fails to kill somebody because he claimed he has an unusual amount of blood, but Sid Haig was not having any of that. Yeah, he cuts his throat open, and honestly, like, right out of the gate, you see a, a throat being slashed, and you get a shout-out to the Foley artist of this movie oh, yeah. who decided mm-hmm. that bone, blood, and wet mouth noises was the things that needed to be prominently displayed. When they're eating, every time someone's eating this movie, it's just... I'm just like, dude, calm down, you guys. Pork and beans, man. They make all kinds of the noises. Clam, the, the, the corn chowder. Corn I mean, chowder. every time they're eating, it is just wet mouth noises as far as the eye can see. <laughs> ASMR no, fans. Ugh, nobody likes wet noise, wet mouth noise. <laughs> but when he's cutting that dude's throat, like he doesn't cut it all the way through. So when they're like looting the the bodies and the uh, the bags and stuff like that. But this movie also does a really good job of bleeding. Yeah, um, they they really show blood loss in the the way that it legitimately is. Shout out to blood. Yeah, they just did. in general. Yeah, shout out, shout out to the human body. Blood yeah. couldn't live without you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate all you do. <laughs> That's a shirt I'd wear. So they uh, hear horses galloping in the distance, and they're like, "Oh shit." That's the law. You know, we yeah. got we to gotta run. So the they, law. The law. Got to skedaddle. So they start hightailing it down some alleyway. Alleyway? Yeah, How about alleyway. a valley? Like <laughs> Valley, yes. Yeah, and they're like, wait a minute. Maybe we shouldn't go this way. And there's like skulls all attached to this cliffside. Yeah. Now, Sid Haig's character, I'm just, I can't say it's Buddy. 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 And like, you know, David Arquette's like, look at these bones. This might be a warning to stay out. And he's like, we've got permission to be here. And then waves his gun. And it's like, you can tell this dude has been at this so long that this is all like, second fiddle to him. Yeah, like, he, he doesn't really care. need to think much about it. He's not really being cautious because, you know, it's just his way of life. But then they come across um, what appears to be a giant, like, like grave, graveyard? Like a yeah. sacrificial well, burial ground Yeah, like in the kind. pet cemetery effect. Yeah, 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 there yeah. you go. Yes. I would turn around. I don't care if I just murdered. Like, I'm not going through well, there. Yeah, uh, David Arquette is like, I don't really, I'm not a fan of this. He but said we should walk around it. And then uh, Buddy's like, no, we'll walk through it. I was like, at minimum, dude, just walk around it. It's like, what, five extra steps? And right. throughout the whole time, they're hearing this weird sound. And Buddy's like, it's just the wind. And then like it really comes through. And David Arquette's like, uh, well, if that's the wind, it learned how to play an instrument. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a deep guttural like horn whistle. And you'll, you'll, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly yeah. the sound we're talking about. It's I like will a, put a clip of it in here. Thank you, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they keep hearing that like very faintly and honestly, very effective sound. Yes. Because it sounds like a warning horn, but it's got this weird kind of like ethereal whistle to it, which is very unnerving. I agree. Kinda kinda sounds of, like ghosts. Yeah. Or like to me, it reminded me of like the predator noises, like when they yell. But There's definitely some predator-esque yeah. stuff in this movie. So but. then they see some movement in the bushes and we get the first signs that these troglodytes are awesome. They're very good at what they do. What they do is terrible, but they are good at it. I mean, they knock out Sid Haig's character like a blink of an eye. They shoot an arrow right through his, his throat. Yeah, they run up and they just slash him with the bone tomahawk. First, Our first view of yes. the bone tomahawks. David Arquette's character gets out of there and he knocks over one of the gravestones and you see like a skull roll. And then we cut from that gruesome scene to the town of Bright Hope mm-hmm. and Patrick Wilson. Your standard, your standard Western town. Yeah. Sleepy, set. sleepy yeah. little town. 
kind of cosmopolitan though in the fact that like everyone's very classy in this place like the professor the the bartender just everyone's just really dressed then. up and really just nice looking well let's be honest we only see like eight characters in this entire town population of 290 we see eight oh of that's them. right they did have a population yeah, yeah. They go i always the, love a population yes center. me too what's the name of their bar their saloon the learned goat that's right now i don't know why i yelled that but the learned goat because you were excited yeah. yeah it's just so good fan was, of goats over what here what's the name of the bar in uh American Werewolf in London. That one oh, was a good yeah, one. The Leaky was, Tavern. The something sheep. No. It had that the sign that was all bloody. Sheep. Yeah, the slaughtered, slaughtered lamb. Sheep, slaughtered slaughtered lamb. lamb. Slaughtered yeah. lamb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, shout out to good pub names. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, sitting at the piano, I was so happy to see James Tolkien, oh, also man. known as Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future. Is that who that was? AKA Commander Hundo in Top Gun. Oh, shit. Why did you start with that? <laughs> Lead with his big roles, bro. He was also a detective in that Masters of the Universe movie. Yes, he was. Okay, yeah, he did Top Gun. That's what I needed to know. <laughs> and in case you were wondering, he's still alive. He's 91. Get wow. out. Good for him. Yeah. That That's was... a Top Gun energy. The whole scene with the piano man was great. Like, Matthew Fox's character comes in, Bruder, and he's like, I want a song. One song costs three cents. Why do three songs cost a dime? That's the rate. Shouldn't the price per song get cheaper when more are commissioned? Well, I get tired after two, so the third cost extra. The four songs cost a dollar. Buy a song or depart. That was a dime. I know the sound of Lady Liberty. I'll have whiskey. And also, get me a whiskey. That's my starting fee. That was actually, I love that interplay um, because it was just very like endearing to see how these people interact. And um, now I have a question, though, because we never see. Does he actually get those songs? We no, don't see him play. No, because uh, I think Pete, right? What's David Arcade's character name? Petey? Peter? Something No, like he's, that. his name was Buddy. Remember, he called no, himself No, he was Buddy. going, his name is Purvis. Purvis. But his fake name was, he was going by Buddy when Kurt That's Russell right. starts right. talking to him. He All comes right. in. I didn't know we ever that. got his, his real name. Yeah, they oh, that's say right, because what's his face yells it at the end where he's getting like how he gets. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. scene. Uh, so he comes in and, and I think disrupts that scene. Yeah. I want yes. to hear what songs he was going to play. I know. Was it Old Susanna? Was it Camp Town Races? You know, who knows? Was it Swanee River? Was it River? classical? Was it some Mozart? I mean, it's who? probably a little, uh, you know, jazzy. But was it the Monster Mash? It's oh, chopsticks. We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> but I think before the tavern, we meet Patrick Wilson's character. Art. This is the one part of the movie that I hated. The interplay between him and his wife was so unnatural and so annoying to me initially. Now, again, eventually I just, I fell yeah. right into it, but like their first initial is like, you know, like he's like, harumph. She's like, are you just going to pout all day? And the, the terms they were using, I know they were like period appropriate, yeah. but they sounded so unnatural because we're not used to hearing these words and this I terminology. Um, it just sounded really weird. And she was just like, well, we get to spend time together. And he's like, who cares? And she's like, we could do stuff together. And he's like, who cares? And I was like, bro, she's saying she's going to fuck you, my man. Like, yeah. calm down. And they fuck. Yeah. But we'll get to that. <laughs> so does Tom Atkins. Yes, that's true. So <laughs> and we, I did want to mention that uh, his wife, his name is Samantha, played by Lily Simmons. Samantha. Ugh. Who is Lily? I think I've seen her in something, too. I don't know, but she's fine in this I know movie. we sound like old men. Like, I think I saw them in that movie. Um, the reason um, Arthur uh, Dwyer is grumpy is because he just got elected to be like the foreman of a big construction project and he went up on the roof and was doing some work and he fell and he broke his leg. Yeah, on his so, own roof. That's the key because yeah, his, his wife's roof. like, I told you not to go up there and he's like, oh, I love that. She's like, I don't want to say I told you so and he's like, didn't you just do that? And she's yeah. like, anyway. And but he gets like, her back because he goes, you know, you're prettier than most cows. I was like, damn, my wife would kill me. <laughs> yeah, that's not a compliment, <laughs> no. Patrick. Back then they didn't have 
have a lot of options. He's he's upset by that. So he's got a broken leg, and that's going to come very much into play yeah. um, throughout this movie. But that's why he's being pissy and grumpy at home. So then we talked about, uh, so Purvis, no, Buddy. It's sorry, Purvis. Purvis. Purvis comes in and to the the saloon. The learned goat. And, yeah, the learned goat. Thank you. And it is just like in every one of these movies, right? Like the jukebox stops. Everyone stares at him. Except there was never, the guy no. was never playing. So. Yeah. And everyone's immediately suspicious of him. And he goes and orders a drink. Before we get to the learned goat, though, Chicory, the backup deputy, sees Purvis's character bury something by the tree and he changes clothes. In the dark, outside of town. Yeah. Right. So he wanders into the, the sheriff's office and he's like, hey, I saw something of suspicion. And this is such a great scene because the sheriff's like cooking corn chowder or whatever. And uh, and this, you Chicory runs in and he goes, he goes, he goes, that's the worst smelling tea I've ever smelled. And he's like, it's soup. And he's like, well, that makes sense then. Yes. And he's like, is there a corn in this? He goes, it's corn chowder. He goes, right on the money then. <laughs> Dude, I love this guy. Yeah. Can you describe Chicory's personality? He's just like such a get along guy. I think he's a deeper person than he like lets on. He's not like an idiot, but he's well, just, he wants to be a deputy and he wants to be a good deputy. Well, he's a town so bad. Fixture. He, he wants to be part of this community. You can tell. And his wife passed away. And I think that honestly was probably a big changing point for him him he mm-hmm. needed something to focus on but he is a bit of a simpleton he's right? earnest i'd say he's very yes. he's a very earnest he's character. a very deputy dewey if you will yeah but he's smarter than deputy dewey like uh, i don't think he's an idiot i, I mean, don't think dewey was an idiot either uh well later in the first movies he was dumber than he they okay. smarten him up over the anyway <laughs> the point is is basically they're having this thing he's like he's like i think we should go check it out and then uh kurt russell's character who seems very dissociated and kind of distant from the information that's being provided is actually taking it all in he just has a very methodical, slow kind of process. And so we're getting to understand how Kurt Russell's character is going to behave and act during this movie at this time. I get the feeling that Chicory comes in quite often (laughs) at night to say, I think I saw something suspicious you know, like, and, he's like the Karen of the neighborhood watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Russell's I character. I saw some kids playing down by that Subaru. Right. So Sheriff Hunt probably often has to go, Chickory, that's just a man walking his horse into the barn. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of nothing. But this time he weighs the evidence. He was like, okay, where is this guy? He's over at the saloon. That does sound suspicious. Let's go check it out. Yes. So then it cuts to the only sex scene in this movie where Art and Samantha are going to town. They do remember he has a broken leg, though, so they switch positions. It really doesn't add anything to the plot except to know that they banged. Well, he does say, like, let's do this proper. Yes. And then he flops over and missionary styles it. Let's do this proper, motherfucker. (laughs) Yes. God. It was the 1880s or 90s. when I don't give a shit. All right. People knew how to fuck back then. Look at ancient Greece. That's true. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. well, look at the Egyptians. Well, he hurt his leg, so he's operating. I don't care. There's like a million positions you can do with a broken leg. Yeah. I look, I, I don't know. I'll break my leg right now just to show you guys. I don't know why I'm defending art. I don't care if he could fuck or not. Good for him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cuts back to the saloon. Sheriff Hunt walks into the Thirsty Goat, Learned Goat, and starts... The Thirsty Goat. That's, that's a, a beer. beer. Yes. Yeah. My bad. I'm getting all my goat names all... It's a good beer. This podcast brought to you by Thirsty Goat. I wish. So, yeah. <laughs> Thirsty Goat, get at us. We're pro-goat. Ah! We uh, love a good Black Phillip. We yes. love a good Thirsty Goat. Good mm-hmm, Learned mm-hmm. Goat. Uh, we'll slaughter a sheep. Or a lamb. Whoa. I'll slit a man's throat for a thirsty goat. <laughs> oh, fuck me in the goat ass. Oh, shit. Shit, yes. <laughs> 
So he walks in, he starts poking at Purvis a little bit. He's like, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? Where'd you get this money? He's like, look, I'm just ordering a whiskey. I didn't know that was a crime in this town. And then he, he asks, like, you know, is that related to what you buried under the tree? And my man cannot, he's, he cracked immediately. And Purvis starts to make a run for it. And the sheriff just ever so nonchalantly shoots him right in the leg. Well, let me, let me back up just a bit, because the one thing I really like about this movie is on the surface, it's very simplistic, but the way these characters actually like say their lines and stuff like that, you can start to get a really, a really good feel for how they just are as people. This movie is really good about making you like immediately understand how people interact because um, Kurt Russell's character is just the way he's talking and have this conversation. He's, he's leading Purvis that this self-incrimination, like, you know, discussion. Yes. And you have, he, he no one else kind of picks up on it. But he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a good he's like, well, I, I never said that, but you know, like, tell me about this thing. Blah blah. And then you're right to that point, though. He's so good at what he does, so nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, they get to the point where like Purvis just cracks and is like, "Fuck, <laughs> cheese it, they're on to me." And he gets shot right in the leg, and so he's not going to kill a man. No, he he's is gonna, not. Not before he's guilty. Him. This is a pretty common thing for Sheriff Hunt to do. We've Turns out, learned he's shot a lot of people in the leg. <laughs> so they send uh, the the actual deputy. We didn't talk about him. Uh, what's his name? No, Bruder. They send Bruder. Oh, it is Bruder, right? They send that's Bruder why he's over on. to Patrick Bateman's. No. Why don't you saying Patrick Bateman? Fuck this. They s- Arthur O'Doyle's house. They send Bruder to get the doctor. The doctor is fucking drunk. He's stone cold drunk. Yeah. So they go to Samantha, who's a town nurse, and they go get and they're like, and she's well, like, one could argue she's actually the better doctor, and the probably the, thing, the way she talks is like she's like, oh, I get, I bet he's passed out drunk again. It's yes. Like, you can tell she does a lot of work for this doctor. Everybody knows this guy. He's just coasting on being a man in the 1890s. She's really the brains of the operation. So he's like, hey, I'm gonna go to the jail because the sheriff shot a guy in the leg again, and Ar- Ar- Arthur's like, all right, you know. She was trying to get him to read some letter he wrote. When they called him a poem. Yeah, yeah. A poet. She hightails it over there. So she starts like working on him. Deputy Nick is the, is the actual deputy. Yes. yes. Yeah. He stays with Samantha watching her work on Purvis. The sheriff goes home. The backup deputy goes home. What we do is we cut to the stables. Oh, right. Where we yeah. hear some noises because our character, no name, stable boy. I'm sure he has a name, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, here's the horses kind of freaking out. And so while everyone's doing their own thing in town associated with uh, the Purvis situation, uh, the stable boy goes out and he's like, what's going on, girls? What do you guys just calm down? I'll take care of you. And then while he's out, he starts hearing that whistle, that whistle howl. And he's like, what the hell? What the fuck? And he starts seeing people move in the shadows. Now, this was the first like real like scary scene we have in the movie because you see people like darting back and forth between the shadows in between the horses and stuff like that. And the character's like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And then as he kind of catches on like, oh shit, there's someone in here with me. Bum, 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 gets fucking capped to the face. Dude, bone like tomahawked. A Mortal Kombat fatality. They like stab this guy in the throat and then cut him in the mouth. The poor dude. Yeah, he gets Bad. messed up. And now... He's shot with an arrow. Yeah. Like all these things in a rapid succession. They are so good with arrows. Mm-hmm. This dude's dead. Yeah. If you were wondering. <laughs> <As> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mark. Pretty dead. And then we cut to the next morning. And this is where... Um, Someone, I think the guy the who owns the state, yeah, the bartender goes like, goes to the sheriff's house and he's like, hey, you know, Kurt Russell, <laughs> I can't remember the names. <laughs> Sheriff, Hunt. Sheriff Hunt. Hey, Sheriff Hunt. He's like, you know, like, I got some bad news. He goes, what are you doing in my breakfast? Love that line. Like, I wonder if they really talked like that. Get out of my breakfast. Yeah, get out. Of, I'm going to save that one for real life use. But he tells the sheriff about the killing of the stable boy. Yes. He's like, all right, let's go check it out. Well, the, the, then he goes, I went to the jail and nobody was there. 
Yeah. And Kurt and Sheriff Hunt's like, nobody was there. He's like, nope. Uh, so then they're now they're panicking. They go to the sheriff's office and they find one of the arrows, which is like a skull, like a pointed skull, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got like little like squirrel skulls and stuff on it. And I think the reason why that is because when it goes in, when you pull it out, because this happened with Sid Hayes' character, when they pull the arrow out of Sid Hayes' throat, um, it pulls a bunch of like fucking meat and stuff with it, you know? So yeah. it's like it can go in, but when it comes back out and you pull it out, you're you're ripping that hole wide open. So just quality quality construction of arrow there they, they know what they're doing so the sheriff goes over to arthur o'dwyer's house he's like hey you may want to sit down he's like where's my wife you give me s- back my wife <laughs> <laughs> you probably want to sit down for this he's like just tell me where she is he's like ah she's been abducted and he's like god damn it and so they all meet at the uh the thirsty now you got me doing it ah! the learned go learned go to talk about what they're gonna do we're putting a posse together and yes. you could tell kurt russell's character sheriff hunt already knows like you know i can't argue with arthur he's just a stubborn dude i know how he is because the moment he's like well we're gonna meet at the learned goat and we're gonna talk about a posse and then arthur starts walking he doesn't even close his door kurt russell has to go close the door to this dude's house because he's like all right here we go that's his like, wife oh shit know? here we go again um but yeah they all like basically recap at the learned goat and this is like one of the best scenes because everyone now descends into one place. They're going to talk about what's going on, try to you know figure out what's going on with all this. And this is where we get introduced to the professor. Right. Now, is he actually a professor? They say professor was his name or? I don't know if he's an actual professor, but he's a Native American um, and he's part of the town. So they call him in to look at the arrow to try to determine, hey, do you know who this is? A little bit of racism going on in here. Not you know, just using your yeah. resources properly. He yeah. knows. Uh, but his, that's actor Zan McLaren I swear to God, he's been in something else I've seen him in. Yeah, just... he's he's got a familiar face. So he basically tells him, he's like, oh, yeah, no, you don't want to fuck with this. This is a tribe of savages. They'll eat their own wives and kids. They have no morals. They're just monsters. And they're like, well, we're going to go after them because they abducted our people. He's like, cool, have fun with that. I'm not going. He's like, it doesn't matter how many you take with you. You are all going to die. Uh, And And he's the one that coins the term troglodytes. He's like, they're troglodytes if you want to get specific. He says they would rape and eat their own mothers. Yeah. Is basically what he says. Um, What we see later uh, definitely drives that point home. Right. I thought it was just like a tall tale. No. no, He meant it. Um, Side note, this dude was in Dr. Sleep in The Forever Purge. That's what it is. Um, Dr. Sleep. Crow Daddy in Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay, cool. Rad character in that movie. So they, they saddle up. Sheriff Hunt goes home and tells his wife, I got to do it. It's kind of my job. And she's like, really? And he's, he's like, yep. <laughs> but he gives that speech, right? Look, there's no shame if you don't want to come. This is probably a one-way trip. So, you know, and, and obviously a lot of the men sort of saunter out. Uh, but Arthur uh, comes, uh, Matthew Fox character. Brooders. Brooder. He's like, look, I went and got her. So I have a, you know, I'm responsible here. So I guess I'm going to have to come along. The deputy, the uh, backup deputy is like, well, I'm the backup deputy so i go where the sheriff goes and sheriff hunt tries to get that dude to stay yes, he's, he's like no man you do not want to come on this he's it's like, like a one-way trip right but obligated he's, i guess he's loyal yeah and that's that's our posse and so they yeah they they get their materials together and they set out and now begins like 90 minutes of walking and talking <laughs> <laughs> you're really really for someone who likes westerns you're really like annoyed with this walking and no talking. i'm not but it's like from a podcasting point of view, there's there's very few story beats realistically to break. So like the next exciting thing that happens is that I guess the first time they camp. 
It's a lot of conversation. Yes. Um, But it's good conversation. It's entertaining, right? So one thing I was going to say is like, I don't, I would not have gone on this without at least 10 more men. You're going up against a tribe to try to rescue people. They have no idea how many is going to be in this tribe. It could be hundreds for all they know. But they have guns and they have 1880s or 90s or whatever, late 1800s mentality, right? Of like, look, we're going to be able to take on some Native American. Well, they, they would say we can take on some Indians. This is not a problem for us. You know, we are American men. Uh, the only thing they don't want is Arthur to come because he's got a broken leg. But even then, they're like, yeah, I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> on a three-day trek, more or less, yeah. is where they're headed to the Valley of... What do they call the it? troglodytes? The Valley of Starving Men is where they're headed. Yeah, but again, dude, like who I gave said, it that name? That's what I want to know. It's a good question. Yeah. The professor, <laughs> cowboys, travelers. Just a three-hour tour. This is not the posse you want to go out on. It's the pot, but you know what? It's the posse they have. Yeah, it's not the posse you want, but it's the posse you got. So their other option is just let these people die. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't even right. know they're alive. Like, they, but they have yeah. to find out. They have to yes. know. And it's a matter honestly, of honor. I get that. I completely get that. And there's a there's a couple of discussions here that I, I think are really important to the uh, the plot. Uh, we get a couple of them because Bruder it comes across as a bit of an arrogant jackass for most of the movies so far. You know, he definitely you know he's bragged, he's got some skills, but you've never actually seen anything yet. But he's get very arrogant. And there's a history with Arthur and Bruder and Arthur's wife Samantha. Yeah, yes. Bruder liked him, liked her back in the day. She rebuffed him, and she ended up going with Arthur. And you know, bada bing, bada boom, everyone moves on. But there's still a little bit of like him, like, like, eh, what's up, girl? You know, kind of thing. But that comes about through some conversation, you know, some real brief stuff. But like you get this hint that like, why is Bruder here? And Arthur kind of calls that out. It's like, you know, like I didn't ask you guys. I didn't ask you to come do this. I didn't ask you to like he's like, look, man, I'm risking my life to help you and your wife. And he's like, yeah, why is that? You know, you know, you don't have a chance. And he's like, like, you can tell he's doing this for more than just that person. Well, he's I, doing it more as like a, as a kind of a code. He kind of has this like mentality that this is what he does. Well, I think he has a prejudice too. Well, he definitely has some yes. prejudice that leads him on. But again, the code doesn't have to be a good code. <laughs> right. But he's got this kind of like, you know, this mindset mentality that he is, he's kind of a slave to. Because later on when he basically says, I can't live as a cripple. Yeah, like, no, you know, I'm too, too yeah, I'm too vain to live as a cripple. You know, like you can tell he just is living his life the way he needs to. And it's really interesting to kind of get that that mindset because chicory is almost like the exact opposite. The old man, you know, he just wants to be of use. He's a, he's an old man with no purpose at this point. And he just wants to be involved because I know Kurt Russell earlier was like, you stay here, you watch the town. He's like, no, I've got to go. Like, you know, he's very motivated by the fact that he needs to feel useful. He needs to kind of, you know, show his worth, maybe not to other people, but to himself. They bunk down for the night and Bruder sets up a perimeter wire. And Smart. Garrett, this is where they start talking about bathtubs. Would you like to have the floor? I think we've already discussed bathtubs in great length, but I will go further. Okay. Bathtubs, the greatest <laughs> invention of mankind ever. When I was looking for an apartment, we got an apartment locator. And they said, what do you guys want? My roommate had a whole list of bullshit. And I said, I want a giant hot water heater and I want an oversized bathtub. And they're like, what else? And I was like, that's it. I don't care what the rest of the place looks like. Bathtubs, greatest invention ever. If your bath is not hot enough to make you put your foot in and go, ow, fuck, what am I doing? It's not hot enough. You need to scald yourself. You need to be sweating the moment you sit down. It's not just a bath. It's a sauna. Mm. It's a refreshing dip. You know what? It could be therapeutic. It can be mind altering. You know, bath bombs. 
you want to make it colorful, you want to make it fizzy, boom, bubble baths, what about duckies. Your, what is your pH level of the water? pH level. Hard, soft. How are we doing the water well, here? To be fair, the thing is, I don't like too soft a water because it feels like you can't get the soap off you at the end. But you don't want it too hard because you feel too dry. You know, you need a nice, medium area. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, everyone's different. So I'm not going to tell them how to pH their own bathtub. I personally like a really hot, hot bath with a little bit of bath bomb every now and then. You know what? You don't want something too smelly. Those black bath bombs that are supposed to be all goth and stuff like that smell terrible. So until someone can turn me on to a good smelling black bath bomb, I'm going with my pink and blue. That shit always smells good. It's like cotton candy, bubble gum. I'm in. And you can't just take a bath by yourself. you got to basically have an iPad or some kind of music going. you got to have a whole experience. Mm-hmm. Lighting's mm-hmm. important as well. I have low lighting. You don't want something too bright. You want to be able to close your eyes. But you also want something too dark so you don't go to sleep in the bathtub, which I've done multiple times. My prophecy is they're going to find my bloated corpse somewhere in a bathtub one day. And when that happens, I expect a shrine and I expect it to be inside of a bathtub that birds and ducks and everyone can hang out in. We'll name a shampoo after you. Oh, but I'm bald. I I shaved my (laughs) head, dude. That's the point. (laughs) It's an empty bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Arthur throughout this thing is going to be suffering a great deal with his leg. Like he's taking his boot off painfully. He's a mess. Yeah. It's surprising how determined he is to get to where he needs to go. Well, he needs to save his wife. I get it. lady, yeah. Do you think they would have gotten there without all the trouble they had if he hadn't gone? Well, yes, because I don't think he caused any trouble. Well, slowed him down. Well, not really, because when he became a slow down detriment, they said, we're going to keep going on at our own pace and you can catch up when you can catch up. And he's like, cool. Kurt Russell made that very clear at the beginning. He was like, you know, the moment you become a, a burden... We got to keep booking. They put four rocks so you can follow the trail. Yeah. I kept thinking about how would they find those four rocks in the big, vast, open west, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Because with with the grass and ground, you can kind of see where people have like walked in. Maybe they brought rocks with them, Mark. Maybe. Trail Mm. rocks. (laughs) They glow green at night. So on one of these, when they bunk down for the night, they're encroached upon by a group of Mexicans. Yes. Well, two. Two of them. Romero. And I think they don't know if they name the other they don't name his the other friend, guy. his companion. And they're like, oh, we were, I was just about to announce myself. I'm all lost and I could use some help. The sheriff's like, all right, light a match so we could see your face. Come closer. And they kind of buy in that these people are going to be friendly. And then Bruder just shoots him dead. Cold, dead, shoots him like six times. And he's like, well, a lot of build up before that because Kurt Russell is definitely trying to, you know, like talk to them and get information out of him. And he's slowly kind of seems like he's breaking them, like kind of like, like, again, he's he's working his system yes. and trying to do it. But yeah, you're right. Bruder is having none of it. And blap, blap, blap. Well, one thing this movie has really nailed home is that camping out in the nothing of night is dangerous as fuck. Because the movie starts with people getting their throats yeah. slit and when they're sleeping. I got to say, I, I'm not faulting Bruder. Well, he's as earlier in the, the movie, he says, you know, like, we have these trip wires up. He's like, if you hear anything, you point and start shooting. And they're like, well, what if it's someone important? He's like, if anyone's creeping up on us at night, they're either an, a predator animal or they're a sneak or a, a cutthroat. There's no black. It's only black and white for him. So he's like, if they don't announce themselves, boom, shoot, because they're one of those two things. Yeah. And so far, he's proven himself right. Yeah. So he shoots. He's like, look, those are scouts. There's going to be a raiding party here. So we need to get our shit and move. And they're like, well, you shouldn't. And uh, Chickory's like, you shouldn't have shot him, man. He has a cross. How could he be? And, and Brute is like, no, I'm telling you. These are bad guys. So look, I'm moving. Y'all can follow me or not, whatever. And so then they all go somewhere else. 
and set up camp again. And right. the movie's really good at making you wonder who was right in this situation. Well, we find out real quick. Yeah, like, we do. The next but, scene. At, but at the time, <laughs> yeah. though, like you're like, shit, was that the wrong move? Like, I mean, the movie's really good about like setting these little moments of tension. Mm-hmm. And then either answering or moving past it. But like they do a lot of like there's a lot of these throughout the movie. There's yep. like these little moments of like, oh, shit. So they move the camp cliffside. Um, yep. So they have shield at the back, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Only one uh, area that they can get accosted from. And they do. They get their horse stolen. And Bruder gets stabbed. And uh, so Art wakes up and he hears like a struggle. And he shoots one of the guy who's stabbing Bruder. And then the other Mexicans steal the horses. And uh, it's bad news for them. Now, now was it the same Mexican raiding party or was that someone else it'd be pretty bad luck to me two mexican raiding party i think that was the party saying, i didn't know if it was like the same like the mexican group or if it was like a new set of bad guys like you know like no i think it was the party that those two folks were the okay, scout okay. for so it was bruder being right about yes okay uh, no it's the same one and okay. uh, there's a scene where bruder's talking about i can't believe they got my horse it was very particular about the writer. Oh, yeah, I can't then, believe it oh, wasn't. He was like, racist. Yeah, yes. he was racist about the writer. <laughs> right. He called it, I can't believe a greaser would ride my horse. And it turns out the horse was racist. Well, not even that. <laughs> he said, he's like, what was it? Sandy would never let a greaser ride her. Yeah. And I was like, yo, are you saying your horse is racist, my dude? And it was. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out, unfortunately, they, they, they hobbled his horse. They injured it. And so he had to go and kill his own horse. I can only imagine. Very sad. And he says, thank you for your service. (laughs) Kill your own horse. So they're on foot now. Yeah. And again, I would be like, I'm going home. This is this is they have a huge discussion at this point saying, all right, you know, Arthur, at this point, there's no way you can keep up with us. You've got a busted leg. Uh, They they send him out first. They go, you go get a head start. We're going to travel by night, sleep in the day. So this first scene here, he's just him walking. Okay. He keeps going. Uh, eventually, they you sound so exhausted. <laughs> he keeps going. It's well, exhausting watching. watching this man hobble it's through so the night sad. is yeah. very exhausting. And I he, feel bad for he him. He like immediately hurts himself even more, and he's constantly grunting. Yeah, I do. Fight. It's like, oh, this is this is draining watching you, Patrick. Hang in there, buddy. So they catch up with him. They give him some water and whatnot, and then they they leave him. They're like, all right, you know, we'll catch you where we said we're going to put four rocks. He stumbles into the camp, and they're like, look. We're gonna, this is daytime. They're only sleeping is, during the daytime, by the way. Right. So he's like, it's me, Arthur. I'm coming into camp. They're all it's asleep. It's me, your boy, Arthur. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, and they're like, all right, come on in. We're leaving at dusk. And Patrick, me, or sorry, Arthur immediately falls asleep. He sleeps through them getting up. They're like, all right, we've got your supplies, but you should let the doc look at your leg or chicory because he's like a backup doctor as well. And then they look and he's, he's like... He's a backup everything. He is. And... His leg is fucked. It is really bad. And they're like, look, we're going to need to cut it off or you're going to get gangrene. Yeah, Kurt Russell's trying to make that call. He's like, we got to cut this. We got to amputate. So as Arthur is rousing himself uh, from his slumber, you like how I worded that? No, that's how (laughs) they would say it, yeah. (laughs) Rousing himself from his slumber. He gets up and they're like, all right, Arthur, we're going to head on uh, ahead of you. And if we get to your wife before you, Bruder says, I won't make any flirtatious comments. Which is a callback to something Arthur said earlier. Right, Arthur tells him that when when he takes a man to the jail is like don't make any flirtatious comments on my wife and he's like i will be a reckoning yeah and arthur being a fool this sets him off and makes him angry and he throws a punch at bruder and you hear his leg crack oh, it's so bad oh falls over and yeah bruder bloodied nose so it was a good swing but yeah. dude you should not have done that arthur i think though like yes he's totally wrong to have done that 
I don't think it is necessarily that comment though. I think he's just frustrated. Oh yeah, no, it was a combination happening. of him basically yeah. being the the slow man. He wants to be there for his wife. He's trying to, but he's taking forever. He knows what he's up against. Right. And moments just, later, even Arthur's like, "I shouldn't have got so hot headed and popped off at you like that." I was like, "Yeah, man," because now you're in a worse state than you were. Right. Because mm-hmm. he blames. He's like, "If you hadn't called her, and if you hadn't done this, who knows what would have happened?" Real commentary on keeping your cool. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't pop off. But man. he does apologize, and you know. Everyone's like, we get it, man. I mean, the poor guy is going to a And in response lot. for that apology, they said, hey, we're going to cut off your leg. Yes. <laughs> well, Sheriff Hunt yes. is like, we're taking the leg. And he's like, no, you're not. He's like, this, <laughs> this is not is my leg. decision to make. <laughs> you're like, it's going to get gangrene. It's going to basically kill you. And he was like, that's my call. And they're chicory. Can you set the leg? And he's like, yeah, I did some stuff in the war. So yeah. I've done this before. He's like, 50-50 chance you're going to lose the leg, though. The war of No, he tells him he's going to die. He's like, you're going to get gangrene and die if you don't cut it off. So I think that well, was that's Hunt says. That's what that's the what sheriff Hunt says. says. Yeah. yeah. Now Chicory, Chicory's like, eh, it could go either way. Oh, yeah. okay. I yeah. thought he was agreeing like, yeah, 50, because 50, you will die. He was like, well, don't we have medicine for that? And he was like, we do, but we also don't want to give him a bunch of opium because kill himself. He can get fucked up. You know, yeah. Well, they had yada. taken the trinkture of opium from his wife's nursing bag. Yeah. And, and he, the there was a whole earlier, minute yeah. where he's like, you went through my wife's stuff. <laughs> you mean your like, dead wife's stuff? Zing. No. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we took it. It's a good thing they had that. Yes. Yeah. It's going to come into play later. But so like they, they give him a little spoonful and they're like, all right, lay back, my dude. It's Ugh. your call. And they take a metal hammer and they hammer the bone back into place <sighs> as best they can. And, and it's this once again, the Foley work. Mwah, but also, ugh. yeah, it's visceral. It uh, is absolutely visceral. Almost worse than the supposedly terrible scene in this movie. I almost was more grossed out at this one because, oh, because Arthur passes out from the pain at this right. point. Yeah, they set the leg and they're off, and, and they left, left him. Chicory, Bruder, and um, Sheriff Hunt. They all get to the uh, the little valley, which is close to where they're hearing the little howls, um, yeah. whistles and stuff like that. And on the trek to the valley, it's revealed that Bruder has a history with Native Americans. Right. They killed his yeah. wife and daughter. He's, he's his mother and, mother and sisters. Mother and sister. Wife and daughter, mother <laughs> and, and sister. He's killed some. And Chicory asks him, how many have you killed? And he never answers. No. It's kind of, you can, I don't know if he's like ashamed or if he's just like, I don't want to talk about it or what. But um, yeah, you realize at this point, this is a, this is a white whale situation for this guy. Yeah, definitely. I also wanted to mention that I, I really enjoyed the dialogue back and forth about the German, which is this eye, uh, what oh, do they call yeah, those? A the spyglass. Bruder has this spyglass that only he's allowed to use um, up until Chicory sets the leg and then it shows him, oh, you're you're sophisticated enough to handle this device. I've seen you operate. And they keep calling it the German. It's like, you want to take a look through the German? Because I think it's German made. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I do love the fact that every time someone looks through it, they're like, holy shit. Like, they're like, like, this is like magic to them almost. Yeah. It's really impressive, this technology, which Chicory. I thought was a good idea of like, you know, kind of like reminding us that we are back in old the times. Time. Yeah. Chicory cracks you. I wish I had this at the rodeo. <laughs> or yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so you, buddy. There's a lot of good comedy in here or humor rather. Not yes. comedy. In between all the murder and. This is it. This is where everything finally starts escalating because after they, they look at that, they're like, hey, we found a little entrance in this valley. Let's go in. And it's the same spot we saw at the beginning of the movie where Sid Haig and David Arquette go through. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's mm-hmm. a very tight and closed space with animal skulls hung up on it. Immediately, I would go, I'm not going through that. That's clearly a trap. They, they have to, though. Yes, they got this far. And Br- until they- Arthur's like, hey, look, a back way. <laughs> well, fair, but... They do hesitate, and Bruno's like, all right, I'm going to go in and scout it out, and I'll let you know. If you don't hear for 30 seconds, 
get out of here. And so he takes some rocks to get their attention and he's, he's fine. He throws the rocks and they're like, oh, okay, must be safe. So then they all move into this valley and then immediately get their ass whipped. They get I ambushed. Mean, yeah, they take Bruder out like instantly. The they, uh, arrow goes through his hand and like t- cuts his whole hand well, off. No, no, he shoots. Okay, so hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point okay, back yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah. I'm going to point this back. So they, they walk in thinking it's, it's safe at this point. Zoom, out of nowhere, an arrow hits Sheriff Hunt. In like the shoulder area, yeah, right. Ah, and okay, then yes. at this point, a rock gets thrown out of the bushes and hits Chicory in the head, and he falls down. Bruder, who's getting shot at, kind of goes like down, kind of crouched down. And Chicory, when he's like on the ground, shoots his gun off to the side because he got hit in the head, and he's out of it. Blows open Bruder's hand. Bruder's hand gets shot open. It's it's cut off though because you see. Oh, it. did it get cut off? Okay, yeah, well, you it, see it, it in the foreground. It just, shoots like his hand off. Like it's uh, so crazy. Like it blows open his hand, ugh. like to where it's like nothing there. And this is the point. They're like, okay, fuck. So now the uh, the troglodytes are charging. They're running out with their bone tomahawks. They're basically fighting. They're like stabbing. So they're basically fighting. They're Bruder shooting some of these. They shoot some of these troglodytes. Yeah. They're they're dropping. Bam, bam, bam. And then they kind of regroup and they're like, okay, is everyone okay? What's going on here? That's where um, Bruder's like, tie my fucking hand off. And then he's like, all right, give me the dynamite. You guys get out of here. I'm gonna take out as many as I can because I'm too vain to live as a cripple. Which. Come on, my dude. Yeah, I, I think he knew he wasn't going to make it. Like, I think that was like a joke, but really oh, not okay. a joke. Because, okay. I mean, he had lost a lot of blood and he did get hit Again, by it arrows. It is a massive wound. Yeah. Like, his whole hand is just gone. He was pretty, he was like in a Boromir state here. Okay, uh, nice reference. I like you. it. I like uh, it. Deep cut, not really. Uh, <laughs> Chicory is like in, in it and he's back in it, but like you can tell he's still kind of dazed. Yeah, so he's like, I'll take out as many as I can. And he takes out like none. They mean there may be one. I think he takes out one with yeah, the dynamite. Arthur and uh, not Arthur, but um, Hunt and uh, Chickory fall back. Yeah, they leave. Most well, moments later, they show Bruder with the repeater rifle or yeah. whatever, and they just show the bone tomahawk thrown at him. And then it cuts to Sheriff Hunt and Chickory, and they hear a gun go off. Yeah, they don't hear dynamite. Yeah. They hear a gun go so off. So I guess he got one. Maybe. 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 So I doubt it. Then. <laughs> Uh, Sheriff Hunt and Chicory get jumped. They take out Chicory pretty easily. Sheriff Hunt has more of a struggle and they get tied up and dragged along. And they basically get kidnapped and they're going to be taken to the uh, the hideout of the troglodytes. They walked for like four or five days and got, I mean, just whipped in 10 minutes. 10 minutes they just got. You're, why are you <laughs> holding that against them? They didn't know what they were up against. I know, but man, what, I'd be so pissed. But they had the high ground. They take it on. <laughs> they take it on the chin, though. That's why I would have taken at least twenty more dudes with me. That would have been helpful. Yeah. Out of a population of two hundred sixty-nine, I don't think That'd so. That'd be like ten percent of the people. <laughs> they can spare twenty dudes. I know. <laughs> so they get dragged into this uh, cave situation. It's like on the top of a waterfall. Oh, no, maybe not a waterfall. There's, there's no, no water. You're right. No waterfall. <laughs> I made that up. It's That's a waterfall. If there was no water, <laughs> I caught myself in my mind. It was a wall. It was behind. There's a, there's a cave on, on the a cliff mountain. Side. Yes. Yes. Where if water happened to be <laughs> oh, <Jesus Christ. laughs> anyway they Do drag a break <laughs> they, they, they drag him up there they put him in the cave and we see that samantha and nick the deputy are still alive and, and this cave has two like prison cells on opposite ends yeah they're like perpendicular to each yeah other. i don't understand how they work though are those bones just really heavy and that's why they can't move them? They they're giant they're logs. Those are giant like trees. Yeah, so, uh, they're like nailed in. You see one yeah. of them like put these like there's a wooden hole in the ground nails. So they go into the ground. Or I pegs, saw, yeah. And then they, they put them up there and there's a peg that pushes into the wall. 
and you like really jam it in there. Okay. But you're wondering why they couldn't just push it out, right? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that magic wooden peg just keeps yeah it, keeps the the bars in place. They really throw themselves at it later, but and then later uh, after that, we see a troglodyte like real easily, like one handed move this shit. So I don't I don't know. It doesn't matter. Maybe you can only detach it from that side, from the outside. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. The, okay. So here's something we haven't done. We haven't described the troglodytes. Oh duh, yeah. Why don't we do that now? So they're a Native American tribe that is completely covered in like a white paint. But are they native or do they come over here from someplace else? They're before Native Americans. Oh, they're not even human. Pre-date. They're yeah. pre-homo they're pre-homo sapiens. That's why okay. they call them troglodytes. So they're just, I guess, I don't know what Homo they are. Homo erectus. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> One of them. But um, they're very off-putting. Yes. I would be very really? terrified. I'd be very terrified if I saw a naked white man running at me with a bone tomahawk. To be clear, when he says white man, we don't mean they're like... covered in like cock- white mud. Yes, they're, they're painted white. I would also be terrified at a Caucasian man running at me with a bone tomahawk. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it was more that they actually like had done body modifications with bones and stuff like that. That was really freaky. Like the main guy has like tusks, like bone tusks mm-hmm. that are like... In his cheek, like they're coming through his cheek. Yeah, body modification. Yeah, they've for done sure. body modifications, and we later on in a scene coming up, we find out that that whistle yell thing that they can do is because they've taken like pieces of bone and like put them in their throat like a tracheotomy thing. So when they yell, it kind of makes that whistle howl. Yeah, the which, first time you hear the sound, it's so otherworldly. You're just like, what is that horrible sound? Yeah, I thought they were aliens until they explained it, and I was like, oh, I wrote not a that down. Sound. I was like, if these motherfuckers are aliens. I I'm out. And the thing is, I had seen the movie before and I forgot. And I was like, if these things are fucking aliens. Oh. Luckily, they weren't. Thank uh, is goodness. it lucky? Because that would have been a cool twist. I hate that <laughs> fucking cop out. That and amnesia are the two biggest cop outs ever in story writing. It Wouldn't was that... aliens. And then Arthur got amnesia and didn't even remember the aliens. <laughs> it were... was a whole Jacob's Ladder situation. He never left Bright Hope at all. That would have been amazing. His leg was infected. He wakes up and he's looking at the roof. He in fell the off. words of Biggie, it was all a dream. <laughs> so in one jail cell, we have Chicory and Sheriff Hunt. And the other, we have Deputy Nick and O'Dwyer's wife, Samantha. She's like, hey, y'all are alive. And they're like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) With that level of excitement. For now. And And she's basically like, look, do whatever they say or you're going to get murdered. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, oh, is uh, Pervil with you? Purvis. Purvis. Purvil. (laughs) Is Purvis here with you? Percival. she's, She's like, no, they ate him. Like, damn, all right, well, cut and dry. Which I know they say is kind of like this reveal of like, oh my God, they're cannibals. But it's like, yeah, we said that at the beginning of the movie already. (laughs) Yeah. This is not new info. I guess they expected us not to believe them. I guess it's new info for the characters. So maybe. Except the professor in the fucking learned go was like, that's true. They're cannibal savages. They'll eat their own mothers. Yeah. Well, they really just want to drive home. If out. they really did, if they chose not to believe it, that's just ignoring the truth right in front of your eyes. Fair point. Fair point. Well, they're and like. Talk about truth in front of your eyes. They pull poor Deputy Nick yeah. out of his cell and they put him down in front of Chicory and Sheriff Hunt. Strip him butt ass naked. And all the while, Deputy Nick's like, hey, can you please. What did he, he make some requests? He asked him, hey, can you send my stuff to my brother? Most of it is his. And he's like, just trying to get his affairs in order because he knows he's going to die yeah he's like and yeah got it no Kurt, problem right and sheriff hunt's like look man i called the calvary and they're coming and they're gonna fucking kill all of these things we are going to avenge you and they scalp nick and you see it like isn't the kind of scalp where they cut away like you see the bo- the bone 
tomahawk go through the guy's scalp. I like how you pause that like bone tomahawk. Yeah, that's right. I just want to make sure I remembered what it was called. You, know, you want accuracy, like I said, key to this podcast's yep. success. Important. And one of the good things about this, the good things, one of the, the interesting things about the scalping in this movie is they actually show scalping correctly. Like it, they didn't, they didn't slice off your scalp. They literally start a cut and mm-hmm. they just kind of use it to lift and they rip scalp Ugh. off the fucking skull. So, I mean, the thing is scalping was no joke. That shit was Anus. But they don't stop there. No, that would be uh, lucky for no, Nick. No, we got to terrify this motherfucker. Right. So then they put his scalp in his fucking mouth and they use like a block. Which is why to, I shaved my head. No one's scalping me. Good thinking. To push it in there real good. It was good. like a wooden stake. Yeah. And they hammer it in through the soft palate of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh my God. All, all the while screaming in his brain. Yes. I mean, and, and you're like, oh, this must surely be when he dies. But no. Then they turn him upside down and saw him open uh, dick first. No, they don't saw. They hatch. hatch. You're right. They, they literally cut that man from stem to stern almost and then just start ripping like a fucking wishbone. Yeah. One, one savage pulls one leg. Another savage pulls the other one and they just split him open. Make a wish. Ugh. His bowels just go everywhere and you watch the whole thing. Yeah. It is un, uh, unblinking. And Samantha doesn't seem that bothered. Well, she probably <laughs> saw the same shit happen to I purple. know, but like everyone else is like, oh God, no. And Sam I'm just back there going like, well, that's a bummer. Yeah, it really loses its effectiveness the second time. Uh, but you really get a sense for what kind of character Sheriff Hunt is. You know, he's really trying to talk Nick through this horrific yeah. event where a lot of people would just crumple. He's a caretaker. He's a sheriff of the town. A lot of sheriffs back then were like kind of like the yeah. ringleaders of a town, you know? Thank goodness he did, though, because, man, imagine going out like that and not having at least some positive. <laughs> now, yeah. I did take away some humor when we finally cut back to this and one of the savages just eating his leg like a turkey leg. Yes. I was like, all right. Cut the tension some with that. That's true. A little bit. But so we that- cut back to Arthur. Arthur is waking up from his surgery. Having a dream. He's like, Tony, go check, check the cattle. Tony, Tony, <laughs> huh? I'm awake. <laughs> and Arthur is now going to crawl his way to the uh, cave. It, like on all fours for a good portion of this. Yes. I think he's walking at some point. Cause doesn't he tumble down the hill at one point, but he's yeah. Walk, crawl, like he's belly making, crawling. He's making his way. However he can move, he's doing it. And he's aided by a spoonful of opium juice. Just yeah. sure. That's what they call it. Of <laughs> opium juice. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the milk of the poppy. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. somehow he manages to get there to the power of Jesus and opium. Juice. <laughs> Jesus is greatest miracle. <laughs> uh, where does, what, does anything happen on that walkabout? We you need to see different well, he cuts fa- of he him tumbles, falling. Yeah, he tumbles down the hill. He fucks his leg up a little more. He does have a moment where he basically like grabs his cross around his neck and he was like, look, man, all those years of praying, all those years of asking, you know, or of being there and doing what you, you know, you wanted asking for help. Now's the fucking time. I need you to come through. Like he's really having a moment of like religious crisis of like, yeah, dude, if I've ever needed anything from you, you better come through now. I can't blame him for questioning his faith in this <laughs> moment. So eventually he does get to the Valley and he finds like a back way in there and he gets, yeah, I didn't know it was a back way. I thought he just found another pathway, but maybe it was a back way or something. I think he literally says, yeah, the back door. And then he <laughs> climbs, oh, okay. climbs I up missed the path. That. I missed that. <laughs> but yeah, no, he kind of goes through. Now this is actually interesting because we actually get a good moment of, of, um, you can see that he's been paying attention on this whole journey and everything he's learned from other people, Bruder, Hunt, all of them. He's now applying because he actually sets up little like, you know, trip little tripwire thing and he's hiding in the bush and he's sleeping flat against the, the bat, his back to a little like mini wall. And um, as he's doing that, he gets uh, kind of ambushed 
by a couple of the uh, troglodytes and pop, pop, pop. He's shooting off. He kills one of them. One of them he shoots and does it hit something on his forehead and doesn't so, kill him? Yeah, Arthur had dragged himself behind some bushes next mm-hmm. to a cliff where he was taking a nap. Yep. Which and I can't blame the guy. He's been through a lot. He says yeah. rest during the day, walk during the night. Remember, they decided yeah. Yeah. that. So uh, I guess one of the troglodytes make a sound and he alerts he and he wakes up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. And he gets up and he pops one in the head. Kills a dead. Boom. Yeah. And while he's struggling with his ammo... I think he gets a shot off and takes out his bow and arrow of well, the other well, savage. Well, he shoots the other one in the head, and I think it hits like a bone skull or something. Something happens. It like doesn't kill him. Like it, He mm. shoots one in the head, and he kind of takes him back, and that's when the dude pulls out his bow, and is like, okay, because he's having to reload at that point. So now it's a matter of like, how fast can the guy get off his shot? How fast can he reload his gun and kill the troglodyte before? Who's going to fire first? But Arthur managed to get a shot off and disarm the uh, savage with the bow and arrow, and then yeah. he's coming at him with the bone tomahawk as he's... There's more than one bone tomahawk. <laughs> Just, it's the weapon of choice. They right. all have bone tomahawks. Yes. Yeah. So he manages to reload just in the nick of time and take that other savage out. And then he tears out his throat trachea whistle. Well, he goes, what is this, jewelry? And then he, so he's like, I better investigate. And I don't know. I'm, you know what? He's smarter than me because I don't know that I would have gone through all the trouble. No. But he does. Uh, it's like a minute of him sawing through this dead savage's neck. And yeah. when you look at it, all it looks like is a piece of bone sticking out the front of this dude's neck. It's like two little like spiky points of bone sticking yeah. out of his neck. So like, what is this jewelry? Like my dude. Yeah. If it is or it isn't. You know, again, this is basically Jurassic Park three where they make the raptor resonance chamber. So he basically cuts this like little like tracheotomy bone thing out of the uh, troglodyte's throat. And then out of nowhere, he's going to learn how to use it in the next right. scene. Where he's going to blow through it like the raptor scene with fucking, you know, Dr. Grant. But like John said, smarter than I would have done. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. But yeah, you guys wouldn't have mutilated a dead body. No. no. Oh, I wow. Yeah, that is really missing opportunities. <laughs> what is it? Jewelry? Uh, you know what? Not important right now. Well, I would still be it's at the town. That's true. With my busted leg. <laughs> At the learning goat. <laughs> right. Boy, I hope somebody's saving my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. With a population of 290, I mean 289 now, what am yeah. I going to do? <laughs> but yeah, so he's, he's he goes up the back path and he's using that whistle to lure out other savages and he's picking them off one by one. Very smart. This thing is covered in like throat, human blood, Ugh. meat viscera. And he like... Like kind of shakes it to wipe some of it off, and then puts it in his mouth, and he's like, Bleh! and then like, but he's like, he's not, he's not unswayed from trying to, to blow this thing like a whistle, and he does figure out how to use it, so now he knows how to use the. Um, it's really his best option. Yes, yes, you but know. Two months after this movie, he dies of some sort of strange infection. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it's called gangrene from his yes. leg. But yeah, so he's slowly working his way up. But now we cut back to the cave. Yeah, Hunt, Chicory, and Sam are basically like, what can we do to take some of these dudes out? How many are there? And she's like, I think there was 12 total. We've taken out three so far. There's seven left. And then she's pissed. She's actually really mad at Sheriff Hunt. She's like, wait a minute. You've been leaving a pathway or uh, markers for my husband to come find us in this situation where we're guaranteed to die. This is why people don't survive in the West, because y'all are fucking stupid. I loved how angry she was like, you dummies. It's like, oh, you should just let me go and die and lived. She's like, great. Only seven for my husband to take on alone with his broken leg. I was like, damn, lady. All right. You're right. But, but. She's, she, she's not in the wrong. But, you know, Kurt Russell's character is like, look, he's so determined. There's nothing you could have done to yeah. stop him. He was coming. She does kind of calm down after that. She knows how stubborn yeah. he can be. So they but. find out that they have some of the opium tincture. Yes. And they're like, well, OK, you're a nurse. How many people can we take out with this tincture? And she's like, with two fingers, uh, I believe, is what yeah. they said, yeah. they, uh, the amount they had. Like a shot. 
yeah. So they take a plan. They make a plan to pretend that the sheriff is drinking water from his canteen or something in front of the savages. The whiskey fighting. Flask, yeah. yeah, him yeah. and Chicory are fighting. Like, give me. I want the drink. I want the drink. So of course it tricks them into like we are going to take the drink for ourselves, and they start drinking it, but only manage to get what two of them. There's three of them there. Mm-hmm. The first one takes a, a, enough to basically, as Sam says, incapacitate him, make him sleep for uh, quite a while, maybe kill him. The second one, she's like, definitely took enough to basically die. He's dead. And she's like, and the third one is going to be totally fine. So, but as they're drinking this, and this is important for later, as they're, the, the, the troglodytes are drinking this and trying it out, they're like, they hear a noise outside. They hear the whistle of the gunshot. And they're like, oh shit, we got to go. They throw the little whiskey uh, flask, the metal whiskey flask onto the fire inside the cave. So it's basically sitting there heating up. Yeah. It's like embers, you know, yeah. it's, the fires died down. I'm assuming that's where they but cook all their human cook meat. Something yeah. you can, it's, it's right. Make some shit hot. Metal's going to get real hot and that's going to be important for later. So they run out. And at this point, this is where we get some more of Arthur killing some troglodytes working his way up. And Chicory tells us the flea story. Oh, yes. The Just flea story. Such a great little bit of dialogue. Spared no expense. Uh, Total yeah. Jurassic Park. Man, this movie just apes off Jurassic Park nonstop. Totally. So Chicory goes on this long tirade about flea circuses and wondering if they're real or not. One came to town to Bright Hope and he's like, I, I swear those are real. My wife said they, they were dead and all mechanical contraptions, but I am sure they were real. And Samantha's like, well, you know, in most flea circuses, they're fake. But in that one, that one was real. That led me down a whole rabbit hole. I went and looked up videos of flea circuses. Did you really? They're real. Tell me because I, I wanted to, but didn't. Yeah, the they actually have thing, like yeah. metal t- uh, twisted around the flea's neck and it would like drag these little wagons. What? Because they're so powerful in the legs and they jump. That's how they can do that because huh. their legs are so powerful. And apparently these things were so popular in the 1800s that they had a flea glass a magnifying glass yeah. that you would use to look at the fleas. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was like, wow. Okay. Because I'd remember seeing flea circuses in Looney Tunes and yeah. stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, is that, that's not real. Apparently it was. Well, they talk about in Jurassic Park one. Oh. Like, it was all animatronics, of course, but the kids could swear that they were real. Mommy, mommy, I can see the fleas. That's my terrible David Attenborough. But you know, the point is, yeah. But what well, the thing is, though, is when Sam says, yeah, they're mostly fake, but this one was real. Chicory's very validated. He's like, oh, I knew they were real. I knew it. And then her and Sheriff Hunt share a look because earlier Sheriff Hunt told Nick what he needed to hear to be okay in this time of crisis. And Sam's now doing the same exact thing to Chicory to basically be like, all right, this will calm him and make him happy. You were right about the flea circus. Yeah. And then she gives him a good, a little wink. Uh, I was like, man, that's really sweet. And at this time, the savages come back in and they drag, well, they drag, they drag one of the dead yeah. companion and they're like, what the fuck happened here? And they kind of catch on like, oh, what the fuck did y'all do to us? Right. And they're like, and your sheriff's like, oh, I think they figured it out. And yeah. Sam's like, I think so. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, man, poor Sheriff Hunt. They, this is my scene. This is the one that got me the most out of this whole movie. It's rough. So what? They knock him unconscious for a split second, right? They, yep. Yeah, they drag him out. Yeah, they knock him unconscious. Because they have their, their rifle. They have their repeating rifle, mm-hmm. like the savages do, um, have hunts like rifles. So they knock him out with that. They lay him down. They take the bone tomahawk from the title. Mm-hmm. The bone tomahawk? The bone tomahawk. Oh, the shit. titular this is, this tomahawk. This is the titular tomahawk. Okay. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, but they, they basically slice his side open, like where his kidney is. Like do a nice little slice in that. And then they pick up the superheated fucking whiskey flask 
And then at this point, Chicory's like, wake up, wake up, hunt, wake up. And then like he starts to wake up as they take this superheated whiskey flask and stick it in the cut in the side of his stomach Ugh. and just let it fucking start sizzling like fucking Chili's fajitas. They cooked that dude's kidney. Oh, God. And he is yes. screaming. He's like, what the fuck? And then like at this point, they take the, the rifle and they shoot him in the chest. Like one of the savages takes the rifle, shoots him in the chest, then takes the rifle puts it down his crotch and is going to blow away his cock, but it's empty. It's not loaded. And then at this point, Chicory goes, ha ha, those dumb savages don't know how to reload. Like it grabs it the thing. Figures it out, kind of figures yeah. it out. And as it goes down to shoot his cock off, shoots Hunt's cock off, he sees the bone tomahawk laying on the ground. He grabs it, swings it, cuts the troglodyte's fucking oh. toes off. Like, and that is gruesome. Like you see yes. like the whole front of the foot just go whoop, gone. And you know, I can't handle foot damage, but this was, this was, it was maximum foot damage. Maximum. <laughs> maximum foot damage. It jumps on top of Hunt and it's taking a, a big piece of bone, like a jawbone, and it's shoving it down his throat now. Like it's trying to like jam this bone down its throat, uh, Hunt's throat to kill him. And then he gets shot. Where'd that shot come from? Well, 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 if it isn't Arthur O'Houlihan at the door. <laughs> oh, Dwyer. Oh, Dwyer. <laughs> at the door of the cave, he, he shot the, um, the head savage off of him. Now, the reason that Hunt got shot in the chest is because he heard Arthur coming and he called out to him. Yes, that's right. He was so like, there's two the, of them in here or something like that. The savage wasted around down the hall of the cave towards Arthur's direction. Sheriff Hunt manages to get the better of the savage and then takes his head off. Which was the cheesiest thing in the whole movie because yeah. he's swinging like like a drunk like frat boy would swing at a badminton racket. It's like a barely a lob of a swing, and it just knocks the dude's head off like it's a pinata. Mm -hmm. um, it's very cheesy looking, but it's very effective. So Arthur is reunited with Samantha. Sheriff Hunt is going to stay back and cover their escape, and it's such a sad scene. He talks to Chinsery, and he's like, Chinsery, chicory, ch chicory, and he's like. <laughs> Say hello, you know, goodbye to my wife, and I'll say hello to yours. Which is a nice, well-written line. Honestly. Yeah, that was a really well done. And he's like, "I want you to escort these two back to town. Make sure they get there safe, and I'll take out as many as I can in this cave." He's like, "Hand me the repeater," and then they're off. He goes out like a G. There's no way he was going to walk away from. That. No, he was dead. No. I mean, they didn't have the medical technology to uncook a kidney, so <laughs> he was. No, he was. He he basically flat eyes like I'm definitely dying. There's no yeah. way of getting around this, John. I don't think we have the technology to uncook kidneys now. No, I but we can remove them. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah, that would have just stayed there and festered with uh, a better precision than a bone tomahawk. I don't know. Those bone tomahawks are sharp, man. They, were, they took those toes out like it was no problem. <laughs> you, could, you could just swing it like a fly swatter yeah. and chop someone's yeah, head yeah. off. Yeah, that's true. Them toes were butter. <laughs> yeah. Scalps, skulls, whatever. Nothing. So Arthur, Sam, and Chicory are going to leave the, the cave at this point. And as they're leaving the cave, we see two pregnant women <sighs> laying on a like fucking rock like little outcove where they are have stakes jammed into their eye sockets, where they are just basically there for breeding stock. They yeah, are fully pregnant, like eight or nine months. They're they there. have no limbs. They get their oh, arms they their limbs and, cut off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that part. They are limbless. So they're and basically eyeless. just breeding meat. Yeah. Gross. Ugh, so terrible. Ugh. So they walk past that. Also, I'm sorry, kind of a disservice not to take them out of their misery. I agree, but in the moment, they have been through a lot, and Arthur can barely walk. Like, I, I objectively, Sam yes. as a woman probably should have been like, hold up, dudes. Like from the outside this. looking in, a hundred percent. In the moment, though, they're just thinking we got to get I'll out give of you here. A pass. I understand. I'm just also saying. consider this: there's still more savages about. They need to get out of there. That's true. 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 You know, they don't okay. know where these last three are. So it just seems very unfair to leave them 
limbless, eyeless, fully pregnated, fully pregnated, fully <laughs> impregnated. Um, yeah, you're definitely not wrong. Again, there, there's a moral question to be had there. And listeners, what would you do? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, so at this point, Arthur Chicory and Sam are basically walking away. They hear some gunshots and then Chicory kind of takes a moment of like proudness of like, he's taking them out for us. That's our sheriff. Woo. And um, drops his rock that he was carrying with him. Because he feels protection. safe. Yep. And yeah. then Arthur goes in for a kiss from Sam and Sam stops him and says, you've had that bone gross thing in your mouth. I want to kiss you, but ooh. And I'm like, you know what? Correct. Of all the shit that has happened here, <laughs> of all the stuff that you have seen, he just saved your life from getting eaten by cannibalistic savages who literally could have cut off your limbs, gouged your eyes out and used you for breeding stock. You're not going to plant one on this dude. What a fucking nah, but she cool. does kiss him though. Well, I mean, after he wipes his mouth off and like mints and stuff like that. That but doesn't seem like an outrageous ask. So no way. What a fucking like if, if I would have been like, up, like Papa Sertz first, buddy. Yeah. Like I would have gone really? a few Am more I the steps. only one that would have just straight <laughs> yes. up made out with like my significant yeah. other if they rescued my ass from that situation? I want no neck meat in my mouth. Yeah. No, thank I, you. Oh, fuck. I would have been like, screw it. Man, you guys are cold-blooded. What? No, I'm being honest. I hope your wives don't listen to this podcast. I hope she does. they ever have to rescue you from, like... Look, you gotta be cleanly in the Old West. You could get dysentery from everything. (laughs) I I, I agree. All I'm saying is, I I don't think she'd want to kiss me with weird neck meat in her mouth, so... She would be so happy to see you, though. She'd just be ecstatic to have you back, and that you didn't get killed and murdered and basically bred into death slavery. That's like a hug. (laughs) <laughs> it's a huggable moment yeah. oh boy good handshakes you cover Passion, passions alive and well at the grave talk podcast well the movie ends with the rock dropping on the ground and it cuts to black and now, then we get the coolest thing ever which i didn't think we were going to get but a recap rap about the plot of the movie that by method happen. man <laughs> oh i wish that would have been cool b-o-n-h-e-w-k I, um, man <laughs> i don't think i would have dropped that rock just yet yeah, there's still three. I thought we were going to get a real big, like, blowout with the big... Like a horror ending where it's a surprise, we're still back? Yeah, or, like, they went and brought up that, like, chief uh, troglodyte with the big scream and shit, and I thought, oh, we're definitely going to get, like, a... That was the guy who got killed. That was the one that was on top of... Uh, oh, that was Sheriff him? Hunt. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was him. Tusks. Okay. But you're right. I thought we would have had a little more to the end. Yeah, I thought he'd have been more impressive. He got taken out like a bitch. And that's so. my... <laughs> and that's kind of my big complaint. That's one of my big complaints about this movie is, like, you know, like, for all this buildup and mystery of these things, they just go out like, like okay, done. I mean, they do, they do some damage, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, there's like, okay, we're free, let's walk away. And it's like, wow, no, like, repercussion, no, like, hear the gunshots and then hear a fucking, like, howl whistle. Like, that would have been a cool, like, oh, no, they're still out there. Yeah, it was a little too abrupt. Agreed. That's all I would say. I, I wanted to see him get back to town because now they have a three-day trek back with see, what? I didn't, I didn't no water? That. I didn't need that, but I definitely needed a little more, like, like will they or won't they? You know, I didn't need the happily ever after ending. Hearing the like the whistle in the wind or something would have, I think. That's what I'm saying. There's a little bit of a little bit of uncertainty of like, oh shit, is it over? Dun dun dun. Well, tomahawk, come and get it, dog. Because no wait, that's my (laughs) method man rap. That's terrible. You've seen the the troglodyte spaceship come over the mountain. (laughs) You know, whatever. God damn it with that. Yeah, that's Bone Tomahawk. 
great western. It, but is it a horror film, John? No, but you know what it is? Incredible <laughs> western. I'll tell you what. Solid western. Not a horror, though. Says it's a western slash horror, according to Well, Google. you can slash anything in the movie business, you That's know. That's a good point. Everything's a dark comedy if you can't actually fit it into a true specific genre. Besides, what does Google know, anyway? People also ask, is Bone Tomahawk too violent? <laughs> no. <laughs> Depends to find too violent. Parents need to know that Bone Tomahawk is an unusual Western with some gruesome parts. The brutal, gory violence includes slicing, digging into wounds, severed limbs and body parts, shooting with guns and arrows, dead bodies, and other grisly things. It's the other grisly things is probably what they <laughs> should have right. expanded on. Yeah. Well, you got three recommendations from the Grave Talk. Great horror. No. Great Western. Yes. <laughs> so three recommendations. Yes. Thank you, listeners. We hope you enjoyed Bone Tomahawk. It was long overdue, I guess. I was going to say, like, it's long. I'd leave it at that. But yes. It was also it's, two it's hours both. 13, and we didn't touch on the length. John, would you have cut any down? No, I liked it. It was. It did not feel that long to me. I enjoyed every, every minute of the movie. It was well written. It was well written. It was a great Western. The but first time I saw it, it felt really long because, again, I was expecting horror. I was expecting more, you know, scare, more action, more monster. And I just didn't get it. On second and third watch, it much more palatable because I'm like, this is a Western. And again, I like my Western slow and methodical. Shout out to Once Upon a Time in the West. Sergio Leone. good one. That movie's yeah. fucking bang on with harmonica. Mm. Woo! The whole stuff. dollar thrilogy, dollars fistful of dollars, is good. Yes, that one's decent. I like Once Upon a Time in the West more. That though. is the. I think the, those characters uh, have better arcs. I agree. Well, what's on the docket for next time, Garrett? Well, Garrett, what's the next movie? We're Once doing Upon a Time in the West. Talk, we just told you. Oh, we're gonna be West Talk now. <laughs> yeah, West Talk. <laughs> well, Mark, we've got our schedule kind of outlined for the next summer. Okay. A lot of new stuff coming to the theaters. Yes, yes. But before that happens, before we get to Scream Six. Before we get to Evil Dead Rise, before we get to Insidious Five, uh, we're doing a you choice, a you choice. That's a me the, choice. the weirdest thing to say. <laughs> Who's a, you? A Mark pick. <laughs> What's a you? Puppet Master Three. That's right. I do not know why we're doing another Puppet Master because we haven't done any. I feel it other than Puppet Master, we, right. we did of the main franchise. Okay. So now is three the best one or the worst one? In my opinion, it's the best oh. of all thirteen. So is, it, is it like the thirteen? There's a lot. It's Holy like shit! Return of the Puppets. It's set in World War II era. Oh, I do it's like It's fun. That. It's they actually... They fight in the trenches? They fight the Nazis. I thought they were Nazis. They were, I thought they were Nazis. Not in this one. Okay. Oh, the puppets, so that was a retcon. Little was right. It was a retcon. The puppets fight the Nazis. All right. Love it. Okay. Wow. Look forward to it. the table's turned over time. It's true. Get Little... No, it's not the Little Strike. <laughs> it's just Puppet Master Get 3. Puppet Master 3 watched. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>